Liesel, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. I love Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. How can you not? They're pretty legit. It's a great business, and it's even greater people. So local people running that business, doing great things, and and it's the home for enlightened style shades enlightened style shades i just like saying that and it does sound it sounds sounds kind of big time it does sounds very big time and look they've got they don't just do shades like almost all of your interior decorating needs they're there they can help you get them i even have pillows i have pillows on my couch from budget blinds hmm, i didn't know you had pillows yeah Throw That's pillows. amazing. I know. And who doesn't love throw pillows? Everybody loves really. throw pillows. And supporting a local business that gives back to the community is always a win. Always a win. So when you're ready to make your home the best home it can be, go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Liesl and Nixon. Hello and welcome back to this Wednesday episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. We're back. It's our first Wednesday episode since the holiday break and school closings and life weirdness and all of that. My co-host, Liesl Hayes. Hello, Lee Summit. You were just waiting. You were like, I was wait. I was he, waiting. Is he ever going to introduce me? I was waiting. Or I knew am you I being wanted fired? to dominate the mic like usual. So dominate the mic. Dominate the mic. <laughs> it's been a long break, Liesl. It has been a long break, and we were still trying to figure out what day it was it, I'm like what day is it it was between between holidays travels illnesses kids staying home way too long because of all the cold weather all stuff. those ami days i, I mean know. it's surprising that we're still making it every day so today we're actually going to do what we wanted to do a few weeks ago but couldn't uh we're gonna just a little a little look back uh, on on our 2023 season to set up our 24 season, which is going to uh, that'll, that'll start next week. Our first guest of 2024. It's a local business owner. We're excited about it uh, to help her tell her story. It's gonna be good. So here's here's the thing, uh, Liesl. This was your first full year. I made it an we, entire year with you. It's we, pretty we impressive. We celebrated your podversary. Yes, in November, right? In, in November. Uh, are, are, you, are you happy that you begged to be Jason Norbury's replacement, or do you regret it? <laughs> um, That's a really difficult question, and you're really putting me on the spot because you're making, this, well. <laughs> you're making it like a binary question. <laughs> you know, like there's there's ranges. Like you can't just say, do you regret it or do you not? Like that's that's pretty intense, Nick most Parker. The, most of the time most I feel like time, I can ask people, do you regret being involved in my life? Most of the time I do not regret it. Does that count? <laughs> that's, that's fair. The majority of the time. That's fair. Was it, you know uh, – we're doing things a little bit differently than we did the first few years of the podcast when when Jason was was my co-host and we you and I have talked about that before and talked about it on the show uh, but uh, is it what you thought you're putting me on the spot yeah. you really are today so yes and no I mean I learned I've learned a lot that I didn't think I would learn like what? I mean, that podcasting really is an art. Um, it's about open-ended questions. It's about thinking through your next question while the other person is talking, which we know is like super rude in real life, right? right? Like, but it's just, it's a skill that I feel like 
I've learned over the last year and I I didn't think it would be hard. I don't mean that to sound like I'm so awesome, but I didn't no, think I'm there was... No, I was say, you look at me and you're like, oh yeah, that can't be hard. Yeah, totally. No, <laughs> not at all. But also it's not hard because you've been doing it for years. And I think sometimes when someone has a skill that's supernatural and obviously you've practiced over time, I look at you and I'm like, oh, this can't be hard. But it's mainly because you've had so much practice. It is. it is. It's a skill for sure. And, and even just the six years of doing podcast interviews is different than the first 20 years of my professional life interviewing people for print. Right. They're different styles. Definitely and different styles. you have to follow, uh, you know, you have to be a little bit linear when you're doing it this way. Um, I will say it's funny that you talked about the listening while, you know, thinking of your next question while you're listening to the other and how rude that is. I've done some training and coaching sessions, you know, with people and, and it's, I always tell them like, now all the rules you've learned about being a good listener, forget those. Yes. You want to be a good listener, but you're not really listening to understand. Like what's the, what's the, the, the habits, right? The seven habits, listen first right. to understand. Yes. Uh, or seek first to understand, I guess. But that's good. But you also got to listen to think of what's your next question going to be. Right. Like, how do you want, how do you get more out of them? I think in good listening, it's like I'm absorbing what they're telling me and I'm critically thinking through it. Right. But you got to keep the podcast going. And so there's an element of I'm listening to you, but I'm also figuring out what's the next thing I'm going to ask that relates to what you're talking about. So it doesn't seem like this weird transition. So, yes. I can see how it would be difficult to you because you and I are friends outside of this. You are a fantastic listener. Like when it comes to friendship, you're good about talking to people, asking only kind of when you need to. Yes, um, that's you, fair. And you yeah. take in and you think about how you respond. Yes, this is not. This is not that. No, it's not that at all. And in fact, like I feel like it would be really rude if I did – what I do during a podcast in a conversation, right? Like it would be super rude, but it's not rude. It's, it's a skill here in this I, place. I feel like sometimes I cross that line as a friend where I, I, I do, I do the follow-up question and I'm like, Oh, I should, I should, I shouldn't You're do like, that. Okay. Wait, wait, stop doing that. Stop. Listen, be present. I think that's usually when you throw things at me across the room. Yeah. I do throw things at you regularly. It's, it's fair. It's, it's totally fair. good. Uh, I, I like that. Is it, were there, were there things that stood out to you? Um, were there su were there surprise guests or surprise shows? I think were you I, like I didn't plan for this. I think I told you this, Kara with <laughs> Spot on Beauty. Yes, and she came and talked about for all of you out there. She was essentially she does this incredible tattooing for survivors of cancer. And I was really nervous about that episode. Like it, it made me a little uncomfortable, honestly, going into it. And I didn't know what to expect. And it ended up being like this incredible conversation that we had. And I walked away from it surprised by the outcome. Like I was like, this is like one of my favorite shows. And especially going into it like really nervous and wanting to say the right things to honor cancer survivors. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard. I, I, I absolutely know what you mean. I mean, it was, it, it was a, it was a fantastic conversation. It was very raw, very real. Um, and her personality is you just have to get it out there, which she's right. 
but it's hard. And then you know, and also as as I've talked about before, I my my wife is a survivor, so it's a it's a very real topic uh, f- for us. But also, just as a guy sitting in here with three women, it it's hard to talk about breasts and breast three cancer. women talking about boobs. Right. I mean, that had I, to, mean, I was uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't imagine how uncomfortable I mean, you like, were. <laughs> And and I know that with my wife, obviously she and I can be very, very raw and just say what we need to say. Absolutely. We have a good relationship. But uh, I don't talk that way <laughs> with, with other women or even another survivor that I don't know. I had just met. Oh, five absolutely. Minutes before I we totally get that. And and also, I, and, and you know this too, because afterward when I, when I went through to the show, the interview to put it together so we could push out. I had a lot of extra guilt on top because then it was, is, is my wife going to be okay that I talked to somebody and I said some of these things? Well, and I think too, you had a, a vulnerability hangover too. I mean, your journey with your wife around cancer, that's a very vulnerable thing. Yes. And it is talking about it with other people. I can imagine it's, it feels exposing. It's vulnerable. It's very exposing. And so I imagine there was the layer of that, of what your wife went through and what you went through with her. But then on top of it, there's also this layer of I'm with these three women in a room talking about something, talking about boobs and tattooing. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's a that's scary in itself. Yeah, so these you are not had, words I use in public. Right. I don't usually, <laughs> it was even hard for me to say tattooing again, just right. so you know. Like I literally was like, did, did I just... Just say that out We're loud. We're not doing video today, but the look on her face, you can, you can see. Yeah, definitely. Okay, but then I'm going to turn this question around on you. So what surprised you as far as this year goes, during an interview, anything out of the ordinary that you didn't expect? I don't, I, off the top of my head, I don't know about a surprise thing. I will say uh, I have enjoyed watching you change and grow. Not change is not a good thing. Grow is a better word than than change, because uh, you've learned how to do it, and you've got you have participated more and more. Yes, as the year went on, you, like you were you were pretty quiet the first few very very episodes, quiet. and I'm like, you're not a quiet person. I, mean, I know okay, that I know. was surprising. That okay. was the surprises when when you when when you after you begged to 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 be the new co-host. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep telling the story that way. Tell the story. <laughs> Tell it that way. We were friends, so I knew who you were. You're not a quiet, shy person. No, I'm definitely not. And you don't, you don't, uh, you don't avoid things and mm-hmm. conversations. At least, you know, on the friendship level that we know each other. And so I think when you came in at first, I was like, why, why is she just sitting there? Yeah. And I think there were a few times where I tried to set you up. You did. And you like, did. I, you know, I'd give you the pitch, and you just watch it go by. I did. <laughs> I would just watch it go by, and I think a part of it for me was. You were seeing me learn an entirely new skill. And so I was really uncomfortable in the beginning. And I was trying to learn from you on how you be a good podcast host. And so I think a lot of that for me was observing at first. So it was probably, you're probably like, are you going to talk during, are you like a co-host or are you just going to sit there and listen to me? And for a while, I feel like I just sat there and listened to you. I did. And I will admit to that, like there was a weird hard part for me where like I do I love doing this and I love talking. Yep. And 
You do. I so know it was, I do. Uh, there was a little bit of like I had to convince myself, don't hog it. Don't hog the microphone. Let Liesl in. Let Liesl in. And then when you didn't, when I tr- thought I opened the door and you didn't go in, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What am I doing? You're like, what's happening? <laughs> that was fun for me. I, I think I, I love your perspective. You approach conversations differently than I do. Yes. Um, after four or five years with Jason, like he and I had such a rapport and we you knew did. each other so well that – like we knew what angles we were going with people before we even started, and so I like that you're you're coming at things a little differently. Um, you're 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 making me talk to some people that we haven't talked to before, which is really that I enjoy that. There were some there, I, so there really weren't surprises, but I thought it was a good episode. I love that we really focused hard on more community stories. I agree. I agree. Is, that's why I love doing this. Right. I mean, and I think. Ultimately, that was one of the reasons you started the podcast, right? You wanted to showcase local stories and give people, you know, the ability to hear from local leaders or just business owners in our community. So people doing good out in the community, like yeah. right? Like it's not good always stuff. a business owner. It's, yeah, it's not. You know, it could be a, somebody who just volunteers a lot or somebody that we met. I mean, I one of my favorite, absolute favorite episodes of the year was Theron Denson. The Black Neil Diamond. Oh, yeah. He was hilarious. Who I had met randomly through another friend, and I I heard him talking about his story one time, about how he's been all over the country and done all of these things doing a tribute shows to, to Neil Diamond. Yeah, it's, he was, his energy, he just... He could have like done the show by himself. You know what I mean? Like he just has this energy and this presence that he brings to to any room that he really enters. And he's he's genuinely a really nice guy too. Right. Like he's he's a legit I just said he's a legit dude. He's too legit to quit. That's what my kids say. He's he's too legit to quit. Wait a minute, pause. Yes. Kids still say that? Yes. I mean, I was in high school when too legit to quit was. I I actually, oh gosh. Is it just something that I still say because I think they actually do say it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he was was fantastic. And hearing his, I I don't want to say his story because it was stories. So many stories. I mean, he's been on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Yes, he has. He lived with one of the Pointer sisters for a while. Went to college with. With her son, he's he's done all of these things, and he's living right here in Lee Summit, and walks everywhere because he doesn't drive, doesn't want to drive. I, just it's, so if you get a chance, if he's playing a local place around here and he's doing a show, go take take him in. He sounds just like Neil Diamond. It's crazy, and I will say one of the things I enjoyed about that episode too was that. You and I and then our our partners, we went to one of the shows that he actually played at. And it was so incredible to be able to see him in person live. He he has such a presence, a stage presence and an energy that really that does. we love. He does. I, I I would like him to do more shows in Lee Summit. I would like we, him to do we, more shows we, in Lee we, Summit we need too. More of the Black Diamond we do. Here, here in Lee Summit. Uh what are some shows that stood out? There's so many, Nick. Like, it's hard to just pick one. Um, we talked about Megan Mercer's always a fun one. Oh, yeah. We had her on twice, actually. We did. And 
the first time she came on, she talked all about Pretty Funny. And Pretty Funny is her, it's like her side hustle, but really they're very popular. Like when I say side hustle, it's, Look, they are a true comedy group. It is an all-female improv comedy yes. troupe. They've been around for for years. And while it is her, her side hustle, you can say that. It's not what she does Full as a time, career. Right. Um, but what we learned, because, yeah, it was about pretty funny, but it was really her story. It was who she who she is. She is the improv comic and uh, more than she is the professional uh, insurance. Yes, person. absolutely. But, but what's funny is she told the story how she learned when a former boss of hers went to a show one time and said, you need to be the person you were on stage even when you're at work. That's you. Oh, interesting. And that was, I thought that I was forgot a, about that. I, that was a very, and she talks about how it was a very meaningful part of her life when she realized they overlap and that she had, she was doing two different personalities and, and she has been a much stronger person, both professionally, personally, when she realized just to be her authentic self all the time. Yeah, I love that. And you know, one of the things about Megan that also, I talk about this all the time, but I actually went to her shows before she really showed up on the Lee Summit scene. So, I mean, my neighbors and I, a group of us, we would go to their Christmas show every single year. We've probably gone for like seven or eight years in a row. And so when I saw her in Lee Summit for the first time, I totally fangirled out. Like, I was so excited. Um, she was having a conversation with Joel Wilson, and they were both, like, super serious. And you know me, I was like, oh, my gosh, are you in Pretty Funny? Like, I was a total dork. It's fine. <laughs> if, if, if you've never seen Liesl in fangirl mode, you're missing out. Yeah. I fangirl over a, a small amount of people, but Megan Mercer is one of them, for sure. Uh, um, I, I won't get into all of them, but you know, some of the others that stood out um, – we had the former former radio disc jockey Randy Miller, who a lot of people don't realize still lives around here, still doing shows. He was a lot of fun. He came on and just told old old radio stories and hilarious stories. Um, you know, <laughs> Vanessa Hickman, who does work with with Lee Summit Cares, uh, she's fantastic all around the community. Hearing her story was great. Um, Jeff Driscoll, who is a, a business and sales coach and does a lot of work with the chamber. I, you know, his, his interview and his story was really good. I, I really liked that kind of when he learned that uh, being a football coach and being a salesman were the exact same things. That was the same skills. And I do appreciate that we also bring on people to educate us on potential voter issues too, or voter issues in general. I mean, I know those aren't always like the most fun episodes because there's just a lot of information, but I feel like I was more informed to vote this past year. That maybe was something that surprised me. I like that because we, you know, purposefully, and I don't want to, I don't want to rehash because you and I talked about this on a different episode, the episode where you were mean to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So mean to you. We purposefully did not dig in deep on election things in, in last year. That'll change. We're gonna we're 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 going a little bit of the old school town hall this year as as the next election comes up. But but that's interesting. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I do think it's an important piece of what we can do with this this podcast is is talk about issues and candidates. Absolutely. And how many times do we go into 
you know, the voting booth, and we're not really sure what to vote on on a certain issue. You know what I mean? It happens to the best of us. It happens to a lot of... Now, I'm going to be a little snobby. Go. That doesn't happen to me. It doesn't happen to you, but it's because of this. Right. I've spent my life, my adult life in the news business where I... This is what I talk about, yes. what, I, what, I, what I'm around. But I, yes, you are, you are right that I, with so much going on, and we know a good year of voter turnout around here is low teens, right? That's crazy. I think, you know, we hit 14 or 16% one, one year. It was a, also a presidential election year. So, but I mean, it's 100,000 people. We should get more than 10 or 12% to yes. show up. And, and vote, and and I think some of that is is the easy answer response for people is, well, how does it really affect me? And so that's why when we started this podcast and we started talking about the elections and things is, okay, we're not going to talk about what's happening in Jeff City, really. We're not going to talk about what's happening in Washington, D.C., really. But we are going to talk about City Hall. We are going to talk about the Stansbury Admin Building um, for at least some at R7 Board of Education and those things because you know those candidates. You know the people that are elected. They're your neighbors. They go to your church. They're in your rotary club. They're in whatever. 100%. Like you know them or you can know them, and the decisions they make affect what's happening in your backyard. So I want to be able to show this is how your decision affects you. Yeah, I mean, we'll I'll see sometimes on on the book of faces. <laughs> I steal that from you all the time. People just talking about things that they are frustrated with or outraged about, uh, like the out the ice house being you know torn down right. or demolished. And there's a part of you where you're like, you weren't involved in the process though. Like this was a very well vetted, thought out process. And a lot of the times people in the city just don't know that, right? They're not engaged enough in our community to understand that that wasn't just a flippant decision. Right. You I, know what I mean? That's a good example, I think, uh, of get involved before the end of the process. Absolutely. And also, being involved, being heard, doesn't mean you always get your way. Right. You can be heard, and you can participate, and you might not get what you wanted. But if you, if if we're following our processes, that's a good thing. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think there are so many community issues that we all care about on some level, and we do have the time to get engaged with these types of things. I, I, I'm going to use uh, an example of our last mayoral election. So uh, Mayor Bill Baird, when he won re-election against uh, former council member uh, Diane Forte, we did a live mayoral forum. And at the end of it, one of the things we talked about was you, you, they both wanted pretty much the same things. They had the same visions their paths to get there were different. Yes. And so, you know, I think we can, we can, because it's local, because we know them, we can get through all the, all the crap, right? All the vitriol that comes from, well, if you're that person or that side, I can't, I don't like you. I'm not going to do it. We can get away from that because we can sit down and talk with these people. Yes, definitely. And, and usually candidates have similar visions. They're just, they're, they're, path toward it is different is different and that's what we can do is we can help people see those those paths that they they want to follow and i think i know we could talk about elections forever but i also think 
you know, the best part about our local elections is they are supposed to be without, they're, they're not, why can't I think right now? They're not Democrats and Republicans. Like, it's a, what's the right word? Well, it's nonpartisan. It's nonpartisan. Well, That's and what I meant. I always say, one of the reasons I like to focus on local government and local elections is because right here in town, the letters D and R shouldn't mean a thing. No. Because it has no place here. It doesn't. We're, we are talking about paying our first responders. We're talking about paying our teachers. We're talking about paying the public works department, right? These things. We're going to fill potholes. Right. Talk about how we're going to rezone things. Or, right. What, right. What, what's, the, what's the best path forward for development? What, what, what type of workforce do we see living here in the next 50 years? What, what industries do we see calling Lee Summit home in the next 50 years? Those are things that matter locally, not, not party lines. Right. And so we can do that. That's, that's why I love, I love it. Me too. That's a good segue to, to say, hey, coming up, we, you will be seen on LinkedIn Summit. We're going to send out our, our annual candidate questionnaire. So you'll, you'll see some responses from, from the candidates, kind of where, where they sit on, on some issues early on that you know, they'll either face as members of the city council or members of the board of education. And then, Liesl, you're, you're, you have pushed me to come back from my, my candidate hiatus. I understand why you took one, though. We I get will it. Be, you needed a break. We will be interviewing uh, candidates again. So I, I do look forward to, to bringing their voices because – it's much easier to choose who you want to vote for when you've heard them talk or you've seen them talk. Um, this is really, we, we do our interviews differently than like the chamber forum and other forums that happen around town. Uh, I really feel like we, we can do a better job of just letting them show people who they are. Um, and maybe sometimes needle them a little bit. Like, you know, right. I, 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 sometimes I want a more clear answer. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to say, well, okay, I know what the bullets are on your flyer, but tell me a little bit more. Yeah, go deeper. Let me know who you are. Yes. Um, and I figure if we have the question, uh, there's probably some voters out there that have those questions too. So I think you're right. We look forward to that. I think they they are always fun. I'm looking forward to your perspective on it because you're going you're gonna to think differently than I do. Um, you're going to approach approach some of the is- issues differently. So those will be coming up. Look for those. Look for the candidate Q&As on LinkedIn Summit. As we wrap up and we get ready for next week's, the start of, of our 24th season, we are going to let you guys we listen to one of our favorite episodes um, from last year. Which one is it, Lisa? Which one are we going to play? What do you want to play? You were the worst. I know. I just flipped that question I, back right I, on I you. Asked, I asked you because I forgot what our decision was. <laughs> oh, are we going to replay the Kira Gutierrez Yes. Segment? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Enjoy this. Uh, enjoy it, but I also hope it means something uh, to everyone. It's Look, it's hard. It was a hard interview to do. It might be hard for some people to listen to. Uh, it's, it's a tough it, topic. It's a, it's a tough topic, but it's, it's a conversation we all need to have. Definitely. And just I think about all of the people who know someone who've had cancer. I've told you all before, my business partner at one point had cancer. And it's a, it's a very good insight, this episode is, into just understanding what survivors have to go through. And it makes you more empathetic. It makes you more loving. 
it helps you meet people where they need you. And, and oftentimes we don't know how to do that. And I think this episode really opens that up around how can we support the people that we love, that we care about, that, you know, go through a very difficult journey. I couldn't say it better. Take a listen. I hope this means something to you. I hope it impacts your life. We will be back next Wednesday. Talk to you then. then. I'm excited uh, about about this episode. We kind of we've been talking about what can we do in October. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and as you know, that's 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 a thing in our family. Uh, My wife in April will be a 10 year survivor. We are very very excited about that, and. I was talking to her because she says, no, you can't make me come on your show again. Um, And that's fair. But we were trying to think of who were some good guests around town. Who do we know? And she reminded me of our guest today, somebody she's been following for for several years, a local business owner, Karia Gutierrez. Yes. I'm talking over my own tongue today. I can't say it. Uh, Owner of Spot on Beauty, you are a tattoo artist, and you've specialized for several years in scar cover-ups, in nipple tattoos, I mean, all of these things, mm-hmm. eyebrows and other. But but I, yeah. I think I think for today we're going to yeah. focus on that. Uh, yeah. Your work, she's followed it for a long time, yeah. so she she she. It's called areola restoration tattooing, or just like you said, scar cover-up for those who want to reclaim their body after breast cancer has taken their breasts. Some of them, they don't want the scars and they don't want the nipples, so they'll just do a chest piece. Or they want to be able to look past the scars and then they'll get their nipples that they had, some better than ever, uh, or really fun shapes. And it's really cool that you can decorate their body that way. Well, and just... you know, any way that people can find a way to move on, to to love themselves mm-hmm. after, you know, look, they go through hell. Yeah. To survive, they go yeah. through hell. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of things that they get from me is I've got a 501c3 foundation for breast cancer survivors. So it assists in giving the restoration tattoos or body art. And We also pair it with trauma therapy because when I first started doing this, I've been doing this for 11 years now, and I'm like being told, oh, what you do for others, you just give them that back. And some of them, more than you think, are not, lack of better words, fixed. So I had a trauma therapist as as I was tattooing her eyebrows, and then that's where the journey began to give them more than what I could give to actually finally do that for them. So I pair that with the trauma therapy too. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. And also welcome. We have another survivor. I mean, let's let's celebrate yes. some stuff. Karen Reinert, you are a survivor. You're also a client yes. of yeah. Kara. Yes, so I am. This is this is awesome. This is awesome. Let's Thank celebrate you so much. today. Let's celebrate. Absolutely. Well, welcome also. Thank you so much. All right. Well, let's 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 start here, Kara. How did you how did you get into this? I mean, because I'm assuming you were doing uh, tattoo work before, yes. like your traditional tattoos. You, you've got the beauty part of your business, too, where yeah. you've done some. Uh, yeah. Well, Nick, tattooing found me. It really did. <laughs> uh, oh, we're adopted. I love that. Oh, yeah. I've got so great. You know, I have a shirt on right now that says breast friends because I am a lot of people's breast friend because I make mm-hmm. them love their breast area again. But anyway, so um, 
the original question was how long have I been doing this? What was it again? Well, like, how did you how, how did, did you get find, into it? Like, oh yeah, this? my bad. So they it found me literally. I was in the back of a tattoo shop downtown Kansas City, and someone wanted to get their nipples or their eyebrows tattooed, and a lot of people get their brows tattooed have never had a tattoo, and they come to get a face tat with me. I asked. Have you ever had any tattoos before to get them prepped for what to give them their consultation stuff? She's like, I got some crappy orange nipples. I'm like, huh? And she flashes me, and I'm in the back room, and I'm like, whoa, I can make that better if you give me a shot. I won't charge you anything. Just let me try because it has been around. Tattooing has been around for a very long time. Areola tattooing is, I just wanted to try it. And literally the rest is history. The next day the doctor called. I was like, did you do so-and-so's? nipples i said yeah like it's way better than the girl we have been doing them i'm like yeah who is that and i like <laughs> i wasn't as you know sweet and pc as i am now because i cussed that towards the doctor i said what the hell are you doing a couple other words <laughs> like you're messing up that girl needs to be get her butt handed to her and then he's like yeah so they fired her and then i came in a few months later but within those few months this is where the story really begins I had a girl who was like the secret underground girl there. She's like, listen, these people can't, they can't afford to get the tattoo. Insurance won't cover it. I was like, okay. She's like, well, you just, can they come to your shop? Yeah, sure they can. Well, I didn't know how bad the people were getting um, that needed the tattoos, how bad they needed it, and how severely poor that they were. They couldn't even afford to put their cells back together. So, underground. Yeah, I'm sure Kara can, att- yeah. Kara can attest mm-hmm. that. It, it ain't cheap, it even ain't, with insurance no. to go through everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> not. So Absolutely. I started tattooing under, like, I felt underground. I didn't charge anybody for a while, and um, that's literally how I got started. That's 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 incredible. And I, so how many how many women have you have you worked with on this? Thanks for asking that question, and thank God Fox Four <laughs> counted it for me. Over <laughs> over four thousand humans I've tattooed because of breast cancer. Wow. Whether it's they've got the genetic the gene that they they carry or they've had breast cancer anywhere in between. Wow. That's Amazing. incredible. What what yeah. is what has the, the response been like? Because there are so many things that and, and Karen, you can pop in here too. There are so many things that you that are, that these women have to deal with. Yeah, and, Karen and, and will probably be the best one. So sitting in that seat, how have you been whenever you got the whole like I'm getting my tattoo, how was the yeah. experience? So so I didn't want to get it initially because I didn't want to go through any more pain. I'm like, I've had enough pain. I'm done. And my doctor's like, that's fair. Well, if that's the only reason you're not doing, I think you need to reconsider because you're numb. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't think about yeah. that. I was just like, no more pain. And so I was like, okay. So I called to make an appointment and, um, I, I, I mean, meeting Kara, like was amazing. It's, it's just, I, and I was like, I'm fine. I'm, I, you know, I don't think it's really going to change me having this done. I really, I thought that way, right? Because I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. And and we get in there and she, we're, we're talking and she's like, we're going to talk for a while and then, you know, we'll do the tattoo, but you're going to have to, you're going to have the say. Like, she's like, cancer, you didn't have a say, but I'm giving you a say. So you're going to let me know when you're ready. You're going to let me know if it looks good. You're all that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was more emotional than I imagined. And, um, so we go and we, and, and she does it in like no time. And it looks freaking amazing. And I got up and I looked in the mirror and I was just like, I was just in tears because yeah. I'm like, I can't even <laughs> believe the difference it made. And yeah. it was so quick. And she's just, she's amazing. 
she sounds like it. So I love you. Oh, I love <laughs> this. You too. I know this We're is like it's, fast friends. Now. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. a, that's amazing because it's just a testament, you know, to what you're doing. So. Tell us how you felt afterwards. You said you didn't think it would have so much of an impact, but obviously it did. It how did you feel? I, I, I felt like myself. You know, I didn't realize, because I felt like I felt like myself, right? But I was wrong. <laughs> so after this, I'm just like, oh my God, I just feel so good. And like, I'm back to Karen and who I am and who I was before all this. And I went and celebrated afterwards. I went to yeah. Cooper's Hawk and I shared with a bunch <laughs> of people there. And I was just like, this is great. And like, Kara's yeah. awesome, and oh, it was I great. love it. Thank you. It took a long time to get to there. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> when I first started, like I said, they didn't have any um, rule book. There is no syllabus how to get someone. So not I one in eight women get breast cancer. And there is, like having a child, there is no book. You can write a lot of them, but there's really no book for that individual human that has gone through their own personal traumas, their own personal stuff. Oh, and that's before breast cancer. And then breast cancer comes about and, you know, it's really hard to talk about because it it's a breast. It's a sex part that's still taboo to talk about. Right. Well, when they came to me, they come in, they're ready to take off their shirt. They have this, it, it's fake. It's fake as hell because they're just like, hi, I'm ready. Let's go. And they're ready to go. I'm like, no, 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 no. You sit down. You don't even know me. What's your name? <laughs> and we talk and I t I've taken extra therapy, uh, uh, training for uh, people who deal with trauma in their life and touch people with trauma. So I did a retreat and a um, hundred years ago, my background, I wanted to be a therapist. Look at me now. <laughs> um, there's all kinds of therapy. There's so many. So I've learned when they come to you, it's, it took a while to get them to say what she just said, because at first it, it was like nerve wracking for both of us. So it is like a, beautiful symphony from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave it is about them and we are really taking it um to whatever they need and their needs some people come with a crew of folks which is great and we don't do some of that little trauma triage real quick some people like miss karen came by herself and she looked so happy and excited and energetic i said well tell me about yourself huh <laughs> what <laughs> and then then i just wanted to get to know the person because they need to have Give me consent. I will not touch that person without their excited consent to do something and decorate their body. And they're using me. It's not the other way around. Like, I don't need them. They need me. And I want them to want that. And it's it's just a way that they can put that closure into their trap that chapter and, um, and choose that. I, I, I was struck by the very beginning of your response there where you talked about how it's still, there's still always that taboo, right? Because it's, yeah. it, it, it's breasts, the it's boobs, part, it's, it's right. the sex part, right? But there is, there's always even that, okay, I'm going to talk about doing something aesthetic, right? How do I make them pretty again? Or, or however that goes. And it, I mean, it is, it is hard. It's hard for the women themselves. Like I'll tell you, it's hard for the husband. Like, yeah. I, like even yeah. every yeah. time we met with her, her reconstruction surgeon and everything, all of that, I just felt, I felt weird because I'm, well, Hey, look, I'm battling with, I just, I'm just glad she's alive. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and here we are talking about this. It, it feels silly, even our, in our own brains, right. To be thinking about aesthetics again, mm -hmm. but then to work through that. Yeah, and you're, you're right. I'm working through starting, trauma first. Starting just with that, those conversations yeah. can be so much before you get to the work. Let's talk about that. I talk to husbands. 
that are in the room. I first like to identify the relationship of the people that they bring with them. It helps, trust me. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it does. And then uh, the hus- let's just say you and your wife walked in. You know, I guess y'all look like y'all married, right? We've been married a while. All right, so you're going to look like it already. And that energy, I'm like, all right, who's this? Your brother, your cousin, your- who's this? You know, and that was my husband. So I start with fun. You know, like, okay, this is not so clinical, okay? And I let the husbands eventually within the the consultation, I'm like, listen, you got a job too. Your wife does care what you have to say. You need to tell her. I like where they are or what about left, right, up, down. And I'm, if you don't know, say you don't know, but I'm just here to support because that's the thing that people forget is you have a role. So anyone who comes, we need everyone involved so they feel special because it is. It's special. I'll even bring my other girls in and say, what do you think? You know, this is fun. It took yeah. a long time for me to be okay with giving a, an opinion in those conversations. Yeah. Explain that. Well, look, first off, it's not my body. Second off, I, second, I, I think the hardest part is, too, is you have to, like, be okay with saying – the visual part of it, right? The sex part of it so is part of the relationship. So that's why it's so important for you, right? Right, right. but I we mean. We want to know our man thinks our breasts are sexy. Right. Yes. I need but you to be same, a little inappropriate yes, with me absolutely. a little bit. absolutely, <laughs> right? But at the same time, don't forget that, look, I'm just happy you're here. Like, Right. Well, they've got past that point. Yeah. They've yes. already gotten past that point. They don't need to hear that anymore. Yeah. They want to go, baby, you're going to look hot. Think, you're <laughs> going to look good. Yeah. A little bit to the left, it, and I love that. It takes a long time <laughs> to That's get fair. to the point where it's okay. And I'll even say, I, I'll say this, too, just to kind of put a lot more context on it. My wife went through several miscarriages, too, before we had our son. And even mm. then, as the husband... Mm-hmm. There's not a lot I can do there, but just hold your hand. Right. And that's right? all that you need. All right. Yeah. And so getting exactly. to the point where you can you can have those conversations again and talk about being sexy, talk mm-hmm. about how she looks and, and that you love the, yeah, and feeling okay. And like, look, we're also trained in society uh, as guys, as the husbands, right? We're always looking for that trap we're going to fall into. Yes, sir. <laughs> Understood. Does well, my butt look big? Yeah, no. It looks <laughs> big in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly where it needs to be. Right. Well, for but Karen, even, from even a survivor's the joke point, it, I get oh, it. Yeah. But yeah. this is my world. I yeah. live in the joking world. Well, as a woman, I've heard from day one, you want to be told and feel like you're sexy, but don't lie about it. You know, you got drains and you're like, and you right. feel like crap. There's a place and a time for it. But when there is a place and a time, I want you to let me know. Like, damn, you look sexy right now. Let, let it be known. This is a sex part, guys. Hello. So I would say, when, when Karen, would you want to be told you look sexy when your nipples? Yeah. I mean, now. Because yeah. before, <laughs> before, it was like a clean slate. I mean, there was, you know what I mean? Barbie and boobies. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm not married, and but I was kind of dating somebody, and but I would never, I would never take off my top, mm. you know, because I couldn't. It's like... Uh, now body positivity is huge, thank God, finally. Um, but we still are. It took a long time, didn't it? It took way too long. Are we even really right body there? positivity? No, because right? now we got semaglutide that we uh, <laughs> and all go all this other stuff. I do own a obesity weight loss medicine clinic, <laughs> so we got that now. But it's more of a fusion. But yes, right. Mm-hmm. So with the body positivity thing, okay, let's go back to that. Breast sex part, okay, we get it. You're not supposed to like show it, but when you don't have it, it's even more of like a harder thing from what I've heard. And 
same thing like, oh, you shouldn't wear that two piece because you've got, you know, stretch marks or you've got all this other stuff. Like that stigma still holds when they have no nipples. That's still not what the, you know, right? The sex looks like with the nipple, no nipples. You know what I mean? So that's why it is hard. It is tough. That's why I'm a tattooist for a reason. I, and you're <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm just so happy. I did it. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what has been the most healing part of this journey for each of you? Wow. Um, honestly, I think just feeling like myself again, you know, because it, it took a while. I mean, I, I was diagnosed at the end of 2018, so 2019 was kind of the year I went through everything, and, and it was it was really tough, as, as you know. It's very tough. And, and so just getting back to feeling like myself um, – because I, I did the weight loss, the semaglutide or whatever it's called. Semaglutide. Um, and, and lost, you know, 50 pounds that I used to not carry and then I carried and now it, I'm, I'm back to that, which is great. Um, wearing bikinis, which I haven't done in a long mm-hmm. time because I'm love like, you that. know what, why not? I love it. I, yes. I've lived through this. Yes. I've lived through this. Yes. Yes. Wear the damn yeah. bikini. Yeah, yes. exactly. But I still, like I said, I still wouldn't take my top off when I'm intimate with somebody. And so now I'm kind of excited Ooh. to be able to do that. That is exciting. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, did you change, whether with friends or, or, or partners or whatever, has your conversation around that changed? Like, like my wife and I have had a lot of conversations about how, how do we talk about breasts now? Mm. And how do we talk about beauty? And do you bring it up? I mean, That's a good question. I, I, it's, I think it's just been interesting that your your perspective obviously changes, and you know, you and your circle of people, uh-huh. but your, your, your words and your conversations change a little bit too. Oh, for sure, for sure. But... I've definitely, going through everything I've gone through, and like any breast cancer survivor, um, your perspective changes, right? And I'm just like, I'm not held up on things anymore. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I didn't show this before, but I'm, like I said, I'm excited to now. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're just like, you know what? You've got to live every day to your fullest because you're never guaranteed anything. And so, yeah, embrace what you have. And, you can say that again. And go, yeah, yeah live your life to the fullest. You know, I, I took a trip a, a month ago spontaneously. And I've never done that before. Where'd you go? Jamaica. Woo! Which was very cool. Did you wear your bikini in Jamaica? I did. I did. 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 There's a new energy about breast cancer whenever it's spoken to is what I'm hearing. Like, you're not just so ho-hum about it. You have a new light. I do. Yeah. I'm very passionate because I want want all the women out there and men to take care of themselves and to know that, you know what, at the end of the day, there's silver linings and there's blessings. You just have to sometimes look hard for them. But they're there. Yeah. And that's important. And a lot of things is like, you're not, you're not the first and you're not the last. Exactly. And that's, that's, that was hard for me. You asked like how, um, like what have, has healed a lot for me? Cause I do take on a lot of people's traumas through the almost decade I've been doing this. I have been, I feel healed because I found my team and now I've created what works for the second you call or text spot on beauty. You are, no, whether it's any reason to get tattooed, but that's my team. So who's on my team? My mama. She's been a hairstylist <laughs> for 40 years. And then three years ago. She's also a therapist. You both she are. Is it's like, you're, I know. She's trained for a reason. <laughs> yes. And, and, and she came about because um, my assistant, she, she had left um, to go take care of a family member. 
And she kind of trained my mom what to do. My mama took over, showed up, showed out, and it's like, oh, my God. People come, like, is your mama here? There's been five-star reviews, Google, from my mother alone. <laughs> and then Love you it. get greeted by everyone. Come as you are. All humans, welcome. Let's go. We have a good time. It's not your typical tattoo shop and or doctor's office at that. And so that's been, I found my team. So I've got my trauma therapist and everyone surrounding the survivor that comes in. It's not just me anymore. When did you realize there was a need for like that holistic care? When I had to get a couple girls off a of suicide watch. That was hard for me because I'd already tattooed them. And they wanted to not come in for their second session because it looks real, but on, not on the right person. They don't, you know. So that's when I realized I am not who like healing as much as I think I am. So I started thinking with that approach, like when they'd come back for their touch-ups. How's it made you feel? Da, 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 and I'm getting the real deal. And they don't hold back, honey. They tell you. Looks a little cartoonish or da, da, da. So through the years, I've gotten better at my art, taking extra art classes. I've got some really heavy hitters in the industry who's giving me their honest opinion so I can make it look realistic. So, yeah. I cannot imagine that, you know, the women who look at themselves and – it's not real enough. It's too real. It looks great, but it's not me. Or yeah, I mean, all of those things mm -hmm. through, that go through your it's head. It's all about. Look, we all have trouble with self acceptance, emotional, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. So when I found out that I got the right trauma therapist, so I've got a girl. I'm gonna say her name. Her name is Danny Ashley. She does the therapy where you can lay on the couch, show about your problems. Or my favorite, I've used her twice, is psychedelic-assisted therapy. We've got ketamine and then the psilocybin with the doctor. They don't just get you high and leave you on the couch. You go <laughs> through it, and you go to a super sad place without being sad, and you're cured. So that's who's on my team. And I've got two of them that are also virtual that are into more of the holistic and Reiki, stuff like that. Just anything to get you unscrewed there to where you think that this is all I need. This is all I need. No, you need more than that, okay? Mental health. Yeah, I mean, all of us got to figure out that way with, with, with help to where we can talk. Yep, so when you're done and you're after the appointment with me, cry, tears like accidentally happen. You're just <laughs> like, girl, we're high five and having a good time because why? I talk to you and I get to know you before you take off your top, okay? <laughs> and a lot of doctors don't do It's all us women really want, you know? Right? Oh, I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. God can make women happy for a living, yeah. okay? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. That's just, uh, it, it is incredible that, you know, I told a few people that, that we were going to do this, this conversation and this, and there are some people who instantly, all right, people have in their head preconceived notions of even just tattoo art, right? Like yeah. let alone doing it for this reason. And there's all these things, but we're, we're talking about just different forms of therapy. Absolutely. Right. Uh-huh. I'm putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. Right. I and mean. <laughs> and it, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's, what's so cool about it is that it's become a mission for your life now. I mean, it's, yeah. your work is extremely meaningful. And yeah. so my question for you is, when did it become, when did you start having the 501c3 and really focused your time and attention there? Well, um, my aunt, who's ornery as hell, she's fine. Don't worry about her. Uh, she, is, My Aunt Penny, she got breast cancer, and she only needed a lumpectomy. And right now, I think she's on like seven years, six years-ish of being breast cancer-free. And Yay. if you don't know anything about that, five years is like 
a big deal Mm -hmm. and all the other things. So she couldn't afford if she needed to get a tattoo. She could not have afforded that. And she was struggling financially. And it just, it hit me like maybe I need to get more outreach because by that time I'd become very popular. And, and even to today, I'm tattooing one to four survivors a day. And that's mixed in with other people that one wow. before a day. A day. Wow. Yeah. Oh my. It's incredible. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Yeah. Tattooed one right before I came here just to <laughs> quote unquote, get her in because I'm 13 months booked up and wow. Yeah. Well, that's- we need more funds so I could bless others. We have other tattooers who aren't doing it for free cause they need to, you know, put food on the table. I'm currently doing them for free right now because I don't have enough funds in the foundation to pay me, but I'm not going to ask anyone else to do that. All right. I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask this question then. Yeah. If people want to donate. <laughs> yes. If people want, well, look, look, first Venmo. off, first off, artists should always be paid. Let's pay our artists people, but you are a business owner. It's a business. You should get paid. How can people support the work you're doing yes. if they want to contribute to that five? So to give grade? to the survivors who need it, and they go through, it's not just you say it. You have to actually prove it. There's certain things. Um, it's Venmo, Spot on Survivor 22, because we started legally 2022, all the things. So that's why 22 is important. That is awesome. Spot on Survivor 22, Venmo, um, or you can call and donate as well. That's why we have our foundation that we're fundraising for. Well, and I think it's important to bring up the the, the financial aspect yeah. of it too. And, and and Karen, you can probably echo this, but you know, my wife and I discovered that that max out of pocket line in your insurance doesn't <laughs> mean what you think it means. Um, you know, yeah. even with even with good insurance, decent insurance, whatever, it's it, just surviving is not a uh, inexpensive thing. No, it's not. You're absolutely right. And then to throw in these other therapies mm-hmm. that they don't cover. No. I mean, from this to, I don't know if you've had to deal with the, the, the sleeves for lymphedema and all that, you know, insurance does not cover those. Really? I did not um, know and, that. And, and you know, there are people working to try to get legislation through to change that, but it's not covered. So all of these things kind of add up. So it's, it's, a it's business. good to know that there are, yeah. there are things out there to help, to help the survivors. Absolutely. And, and what Kara is doing is such a blessing, such a blessing. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I didn't expect her to come on here and do this. She's like, I'll do it. I'm like, okay, because I was just talking about coming here and getting the word out. I suck at that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so more people need this than you think. You know, guys, one in eight women get breast cancer, so most likely they're going to need to get something back together, their body somehow. And, and, and look, I don't think we always have to say need. It yeah. can be a want Absolutely. to feel better, and that's yeah. okay. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, I want this so that I can feel better and move on. Yes, that's okay. Yeah. Yes. How did uh, Karen? How did you find Kara? So actually, through my doctor's office, the the nurse, because um, like I said, he he was saying, you know, you, you need to reconsider doing this, and I'm like, okay, well, let's who who do I go to? And his nurse gave me Kara's information, and I reached out that afternoon, and I was like in August and made the appointment for last week. Yep. I mean, I just got it she done. She got last it done last just, week. Oh, that's just, awesome. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. It's healed. It's done. So she still came back. That means she likes it. And that's it. why I'm like, we're fast friends. Because like, I, <laughs> I, I, know. I, I, thought, I thought y'all knew each other longer. No. I just met her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess, I guess, can you, and I know Lisa will ask this a little bit, but, but can you describe that, that feeling of, of your, you know, you're, you are moving forward. Mm-hmm. 
and accept Especially who you those are. who don't know if they want to get tattooed. Yeah. That's yeah. what I really like help so, with because it's hard. No, you're right because I didn't. I didn't care. I didn't want to do it because I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's just yeah. it's what I've been given. It's fine. I didn't want to have any more pain. Like I said, it was it was it was not painful. Like she asked me, like when she was drawing it, um, do you feel that? I said I feel a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't painful, but I felt a little bit. She goes, okay, we'll just we'll just put you in a, we'll just numb you before I do it. And I didn't feel a thing, and it was amazing. But just looking in the mirror and and seeing like your nipple there again was like. Oh my God! I did not realize how much I missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I didn't. I had no idea. Like, I just was like, "I'm. This is just what I've been given, and I'm just going to deal with it." And seeing that was just like unbelievable. And and it looked so real. It looked so <laughs> real. And the pictures, like it. I mean, it's like 3D. I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> Doctors what have said does. that they could like feel it, like literally, like no way. Short of being inappropriate, it's like they're like no way. they're shocked. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, amazing. Well, it's like uh, just you don't think. Example, okay, I don't ever dress up a honey. If I can, if I got to, I will put it on. And I don't think I'm some beautiful, pretty girl. But whenever I put on the makeup, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Look how freaking hot I am. It's kind of like you don't think you need boobs or your nipples, and then you're like, oh, I ain't worried about it. When you finally see it, you're like, wow, you know what? I do look I do look better. Exactly. And exactly. then you just kind of wake up and have it instead of put on makeup. Yeah. And now, people who don't know if they want it, I do. Um, I have, if you're a survivor, okay, I have temporary tattoos that you could wear just to see if you would want it. That's brilliant. Because some people might want to get a full chest piece instead, which is dope. <laughs> there are there are lots of lots of options out there. Yeah. Yep. That's more than I knew about. <laughs> and then if you are gonna get it done, please make sure your artist can prove it and show listen, I have fired some tit tours. <laughs> some tit tours. And I I've told verbally because I can't see them in person. Okay. But a lot of people say that they can tattoo over scars, make them prove it. They say they can do areolas, make them prove it. It's your body. You are not a guinea pig. I'm sorry. You're already a guinea pig enough to cancer. So let that be known. Put that out there. What are questions people should and could ask of tattoo artists? Look, Because a lot of people aren't, you know, look, my wife has one tattoo. She got it after her surgeries because she wanted something to commemorate. But there are a lot mm-hmm. of people who will come to you and have it. They haven't experienced it before, yeah. or they want to, but nobody knows what to ask. I mean, look, it's just like going to the, that cancer doctor the first time. <laughs> I don't know what to ask. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, what? I mean, yeah. everything's overwhelming. So what are things that they could and should ask? You better ask, have you done this before? Can I see proof? It's the simplest, easiest question. Do you have proof of what you've done? Oh, well, you can't post it on the internet. Okay, well, show me your phone. Show me something. If they cannot prove it, sprint out that door and then also report them (laughs) or something for falsely saying that they can do it. If it doesn't look realistic, go away immediately. There is better. You deserve better. And also that's why I'm like, okay, if you can't afford it, stop excuses. I'll give it to you for free. But, um, like I said, once you've gotten people off, I've got two people off suicide watch because of this. And it's a mission of mine because this is, this is important. People can botch their nipples. Stop it. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah and then license are they insured um i am more i'm heavily insured so um also just sanitation you know 
There's no such thing as sterile in tattooing, by the way. The only thing that's sterilized is the needle. And then once it's opened in the tattoo shop, not in an emergency room, or pardon me, not in an OR, you don't have a nurse, you didn't gown up. And that's coming from a medical doctor who is my significant other. His name's Aaron Cole. He's a medical doctor and he's helped teach me too because I teach this. I teach how to to tattoo. If you want to be a tattooer, call me up. I'll teach you how to actually do it. And, get, and do it well. And do and it do well. well. Yes. Yeah. So um, asking for photos is really the best thing. That's all I could say. And if they have a lot of them that are healed and look really well, like look good, then go to them. If you want to be someone's experiment, that's totally up to you. It's your body. Like I don't, I don't shame you for wanting to be someone else's first, but just know what do you want to get out of it? Are you really wanting to give your body up to that person? So they, fine, if that's your child wanting to play pretend, that's, do you, but be prepared for what you're signing up for too. You mentioned earlier about covering up scars. Yes. And, you know, some people know how to do that. Some, how hard is that to cover up scar tissue? It's very hard. Not all scars are created equally. You know, people are like, oh, I've got keloids. No, that's a hypertrophic scar, actually. It's not a keloid. Um, and you can still get tattooed. So you should know all about scars. I should be able to say something looks suspicious. I'm also I'm a paramedical tattooer. Ideally, you know, being a paramedical tattooer means you could recognize things. I've caught things on people's bodies. A lot of women, um, They've got moles and freckles all over their entire body, naturally. That's effing normal if you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and and they need to be looked at. And I'm looking at them probably before they've ever shown a doctor, really. You know, like, that's a big thing. Go get your skin and moles checked. Yes, yeah, you bro, definitely like, seriously. There's more than just breast cancer yeah. to talk about. Right, yeah. yeah, melanoma. But so I... I need to be aware of what all scars are. I need to know how that scar needs to be approached in the tattooing technique. Do I do pointillism? Can it handle this? Um, do you need two sessions, three sessions? Oh, do you have an autoimmune disease that we need to worry about that? You know, are you on medicine? Oh, I, yeah, but I don't know. I can still take it. Will you take an Eloquist? Oh, yeah, no. That's a <laughs> blood thinner, by the way, and it will make you bleed a lot, but. Some people can't get off of their blood thinners. That's fine. If, they're, if they can heal, they can get tattooed by me. I just know when I need to stop. I'm going to take your skin and to as much as I can until it tells me to stop. So I know when to stop. Sometimes you you cannot afford an infection, right, Karen? Right. Yes. We can't, infor no. we can't afford if infections. Nope. You don't want that. So I've got to know how to properly clean after the tattoo, aseptic technique. Remember, there's no such thing as sterile in tattooing. It's aseptic technique. Clean touches clean. Dirty touches dirty. So you got to know what I can and can't do. And then, oh, are you allergic to this? Do I know how to handle that tape or not? It's so much shit involved. That you've got to be a almost a savant for what the heck I need to do. <laughs> I need to know everything there is. And if you are wanting to be a paramedical tattooer, it can be done. You just got to really be ready for the knowledge. Because a lot of tattooers who are really good, they're like, nah, I'm good. But I'll tattoo over scars. But you have to be able to tattoo over that scar that also can look realistic with texture, contrast, you know, highlights and stuff like that appropriately. So be prepared to talk to your tattoo artist. Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. And if they don't want to talk to you, they are not 
They're not they're the not right well, fit. Yeah. And there should be For lots. Of, it sounds like there should be lots of questions back and forth. Questions from you, the customer, mm-hmm. and questions when was your from last surgery? Yeah. And then you want to know the surgery. If you are getting a tattoo um, from your an areola tattoo or a chest tattoo instead of the nipples, and you've had breast cancer. After you've had breast cancer, you've had mastectomies, either one or two, bilateral, <laughs> unilateral. You've been gutted from all the fat and all the things, saved your life. There's certain things that you need to ask. When was your last surgery? Has it been healed? And you don't want to be getting tattooed no more than, no less than five, six months after the surgery because you're still healing. I've had people, doctors, in doctor's office, they still have stitches. And they're like, you could tattoo that. I'm like, yeah, but I'm fighting edema. I'm fighting, there is still a possibility, I will turn them away. And there's nothing worse in terms. So I'm educating doctors now. People, I'm telling doctors, don't give them the the nipple to where if they can, I could put that nipple back. It's hard, especially with a unilateral, which is one breast gone, and you've got a nipple that's protruding. It's hard to make it look like that. And when they put the nipples back on, the fake nipples where they take it either from their earlobe, their labia, there's lots of places you can take that skin, and it falls off. And one is good, one's not. Or both are good, but they're wonky. See? Just give me a Barbie booby, plain as day, and I can make it work. You can make it work. Some people want to feel the, the texture. It's like a psychological thing. And I'm like, go see Danny. Go see her. She'll help you with that, you know. But see, there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot, lot of psychological part pieces of, of that. To, to, to heal the with. person. We're not healing you by curing you. We're not healing you by putting ink into your skin. We're healing you by you finding in your brain, like, okay, I'm the one who finally gets a choice in my body. That consent is huge. Yeah, Karen, I think that I want you to respond to that a little bit, like that that you have a choice again. Exactly. How big is that? I mean, that, so I, again, I wasn't expecting to be emotional on this because I'm like, it's going to be a tattoo. It'll be fine. But when we were talking. Me neither. I had no idea you were going to cry. I know. And we were talking and she was like, you know what? Cancer didn't give you a choice, but you have choices and you get to make a decision. And I'm like, I mean, I immediately, I'm like tearing up because it's like, wow, you get it. Like, you get it. You know what I mean? And so having someone like her that gets it, that's huge, too. Like, I I mean, yeah, to be able to say, you know, hey, are you ready? Do you like these colors? Does this look good? What do you think? I'm like, oh, my God. I I just didn't expect to be given decisions or choices. Yeah, usually the choices are, hey, you want to keep one boob or two boobs? Right. And you're like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So there's a lot of that's choices. That's a hard that conversation to have. Uh-huh. They always ask you how you want to do it. Well, it depends on your insurance. Ma'am, insurance says you can have one boob, not two. Yeah. Yeah. Go find someone else that can do it. I've got connections, too, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> Please, I got the best I of the best. I bet you have a lot of connections. Dude, Wait, I got don't it. Don't be afraid to call and ask questions of your insurance people, too. Yeah. I mean, there, That's there are, true. you got to advocate for yourself. Yes. And Huge. Your, and your family. Major. She used the word cure, and I'm curious to you because I I, want to know your thoughts on this. My wife and I have had this conversation a lot. That's a cure is a loaded word. It It sure is. It is. I mean, so is love. Yes, it is true. But they say you're cured, but I think I think you will say that it it never really goes away. No, to work on your thinking about it, and you're still working in here. Absolutely, as much as here. It's so true. I mean, every little thing that comes up, you're like, oh my god, is the cancer back? Is it moved somewhere else? Like, I mean, you you do. And I have a support group at work that I started this year, and Mm -hmm. 
just talking to the other women and the men who who were there because they're supporting their wives, everybody's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, oh, I'm cured. I'm in remission. Like, great. Yeah, we're in remission. But every time some little thing happens, you're going, oh my God, what is it? You have you to know? live with that impact, that impact yeah. of your own body for the rest of your life. Like trauma, yes. for you're the living rest of with your trauma. Life. Yeah, because once you have cancer, as you know, like your chance of getting it is higher than someone who's never had cancer. And so, anything that happens, you're just like, oh my god, am you I going to die? Am I going to die? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is this is this the next thing that's going to burn me? my family with other shit that I got to yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, you have to fight that all the time. My wife told me that actually one of the hardest yeah. days of the entire experience was when her oncologist, air quotes here, fired her and said, you're done. You don't have to come back anymore. Oh, yeah. And my wife was like, that was the hardest day of all of them because, wait a minute, but you're a part of my life now. We yeah. do these checks, and those checks are reassurances. Reassurance. Right. What do you do for that? Well, so I'm still in the checks yeah. points because I, mine was right. 2019, and so I still have another year before I hit my five mark. Was, was it five mark? That, yeah. Yeah. And so I still have another year. So I, I, I'm something to be prepared about because you're right. I didn't even think about that. So yeah. thank you for that. My, like, now yeah. I can no, start no, preparing man. myself. My no, 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 I, no, no. I just no, gave you one more thing to fear. It, it, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to prepare myself mentally for that, though, because you're right. That, that would be a big deal. It, it is, is a big deal. I mean, you know, my business partner is a survivor, and she, I mean, she, it was hard. That was a hard transition for her. And I remember just, like, you know, I was just leaning into listening. I'm like, I I don't, I don't understand, but I can, I can only imagine that that is, terrifying right well, and also labeling is. too it yeah. sucks to be like oh a lot of people they don't want to talk about it because they it's all like oh you're the person that had oh this is so-and-so she had breast cancer you know yeah mm -hmm. it's hard to be labeled that so it can go both ways too though it sure could because at yeah. a certain yeah. point oh this isn't a defining factor anymore exactly right a survivor i've gone past it mm -hmm. far enough or whatever whatever you put that on a timeline, right? But but there is a I mean, there's so much of your life where that is the thing. Yes. That is the thing of your life and who you are. And then you make it far enough and you, oh wait, this isn't how do I redefine? But think about it. So many people do that in their lives. Go to college, have a kid, out of diapers. It's just another part of life, you know. You Look, can't I'm, let I'm it, gonna tell you, you know? I, I think we maybe celebrated kid out of diapers. Harder than anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, I mean, is there really a more glorious moment? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It's like that next step of, oh, God, I'm, I don't have this anymore. You know, my son's 14, so, oh, God, the last yep. thing he wants to deal with right now. So it's like, it's just another chapter I'm, I I'm feel. sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pray for me. Teenage moms are not we, okay. We all have, the three of us have teenagers then. Yeah. yeah. It's. It's a journey. So this is really a support group. Yeah. yeah. So okay. now it's we're done with this. Support group all around. around. <laughs> Usually the high fives are I convinced my teenager to wear deodorant. Yeah. 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 My, uh, that mm -hmm. is, that's huge. Yeah, Let me big. know how you did that's that. It's major. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just think maybe my person, it's who you're speaking to, right? My personal experience with breast cancer, being involved in it daily and my role. I think I'm just so okay with it and let's speak freely, but not everyone else is, but right. that's kind of, I joke, it's more of a joke. Like, Hey, you can do it. You got through such and such. Let's go. I think like everything else, it's a process though. Sure. It's a process to get through, but even just being able to talk about it openly and freely is, is a process. We need to do Absolutely. more of it. Yeah, for sure. I think with everything, with all these hard stuff, talk more. 
Because then we normalize it. We right. start to normalize those yes. hard conversations. Especially now, body positivity. Yes. Right. Like Let's go. Breast discussions don't have to be taboo. Absolutely. Right. right. I mean, I will admit, even in the back of my head, I'm like, what What emails and phone calls am I going to get that we just did an entire episode on, on breasts? Yes. Breast yeah, absolutely. Like, well, everything. I mean, I don't really care. Yeah. Right. But it is in the back of my head, like, you know, what what, what person's going to Can't go upset. wrong. Yeah. Cannot. Yeah. Nothing nope. can go yeah. wrong with this. Well, okay, before we sign off, I got to do one more thing. Karen, congratulations. Thank you. Woo! You thank are you so cancer free. That is awesome. Keep awesome, it going. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. So we let's celebrate that. Yes. All the time. All the, All time. the time. And yep. Kara, yes. thank you. Congre- thank you for the work you're doing uh, that you continue to do. Thank you. Let's do this one more time. If people want to support the charity that helps pay yeah. so that so that others can get this this work done. Yeah. What, what's the Venmo again? Venmo is spot on survivor 22. Uh, if they want to follow you on the socials or go to a website. Yeah, I've got two socials. One is just directly to go straight to the survivors page because I have a lot of tattoos I do because I do them all. Go straight to the boobs is spot underscore on underscore survivor. Spot on survivors for the nipples only. And then I've got Kara, K-A-R-A, spot on beauty. Kara, spot on beauty for everything else. Are those all the socials or Instagram? Uh, Instagram is, well, no, yeah, just Instagram is... Kara Spot on Beauty and Spot underscore on underscore Survivor for Instagram. My website, and I'm done. <laughs> My website is in the spot. Uh, info at www.inthespot.ink. I've got so many things to say. Like, <laughs> I understand. Well, in the it, spot, Dottie. It, it feels like sometimes Sorry. when you're trying to tell people how to follow you that you're like, okay, I have to list all of the things. I usually just, hey, here's my QR yeah, code. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Here, I'm sharing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will put we will put links in our, in our show notes. Appreciate it. As, as well. Kara, Karen, thanks so much for coming Thank on. you for having thank us. Thank you for having us. so, so much fun. Great, great having you both. Yeah. Thank you. This is really fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. That'll wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody next time.